Hello and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Monday, November 7th, 2022. I'm Mike Cachopoli. Well, here we are, folks. Here we are. We are moments away. Well, not moments away. I'm being melodramatic. Well, depending on when you're listening to this, if you're listening to it live, well, not moments away, but we're hours away. We're hours away from Election Day. From the first votes being cast. Boy, it has been a long two years, has it not? It's been a long two years since Joe Biden was elected president of the United States. And in those two years, nothing has gotten better. Let's face it, right? Nothing has gotten better in the last two years. Now, some people will say, Mike, you're wrong. Something has gotten better in the last two years. And uh, that's COVID. COVID's gotten better, right? Because two years ago, we were like pretty much still totally locked down. The vaccine hasn't hadn't even rolled out yet. Right. And then the vaccine rolled out and we had the vaccine mandates. And basically, we're over COVID now. COVID, in other words, Mike, COVID is now done. And two years ago, we were still in the heart of it. Well, all right, let's take a look at that. Let's take a look at that. Joe Biden took over, took office about a month. Well, he won election about a month before the the vaccines were rolled out, right? He won in like, uh, it was official, what, about the middle of November of 2020. And the vaccines started getting rolled out about mid to late December of 2020, about a month or so later. You know, about a month before he officially took office. Trump's last month in office is when the vaccines the first, the vanguard of the whole thing, right? And so what, what, what happened after that? Well, in 2021, we had vaccine mandates, right? And those vaccine mandates were brought on by Democrats, not Republicans. Republicans were against vaccine mandates. And in Republican-run states, there were no vaccine mandates. So we had vaccine mandates, which further hurt the economy, There were still places where in 2021 that you couldn't really open full time for indoor dining in Democrat run uh, states. And there were also mandates, which caused a lot of strife. People didn't want to deal with it. There were unvaccinated people who couldn't go to restaurants. So that hurt the economy even more. Remember, just as these businesses were getting rolling again. The vaccine mandates came out and, and cut their business in half. Many people, many restaurants owners said they cut their business in half. So they were without business for a year. And then the, when they were finally allowed to reopen, the vaccine mandate started and that cut their business in half, further destroying the economy. And when we look at the debts from COVID in 2021 and 2022, but especially in 2021, they were Twice as many. There were twice as many COVID deaths, more than twice as many COVID deaths under Joe Biden than there were under Donald Trump. In other words, there were twice as many deaths with the vaccine than before the vaccine. So there are people now who say, oh, look, the vaccines worked, giving both Trump and Biden and Fauci credit. No, the vaccines didn't work. Like I said, there were twice as many deaths with the vaccine than before the vaccine. That's not working. Okay. That's the opposite of working. The reason why 
There are a couple of reasons, main reasons. Well, there are several reasons, but there are a couple of main reasons why people think COVID's over or can say COVID's over. One is natural immunity. Not, at least 97%, if not 100% of people in this country have had COVID. And those of us that talked about natural immunity from day one, won out. We won. Natural immunity has caused COVID to wane. And another reason why is the, the evolution of the virus has made the strains weaker. So you have the combination of natural immunity, immune systems, and the weakening virus, which has led to fewer, fewer, fewer deaths. And, and weak, just weaker, you know, cases. And on top of that, on top of it all, the main reason I'd say why COVID went away is people got fucking tired of it. Okay? People got tired of it. They got tired of the masking. They got tired of the lockdowns. They got tired of the mandates. They got tired of the Michigas. So they made it go away. We've made it go away. Emotionally, politically, we made it go away. Even if it really didn't change that much or didn't go away. So those are the main reasons. Had nothing to do with the vaccine. Had nothing to do with Donald Trump. Had nothing to do with Joe Biden. Had nothing to do with Tony Fauci. So when we look at the one good thing that people might say has gotten better from November, December 2020 to now, and that there's no more COVID, that's kind of bullshit also. So really, there's been nothing that's gotten better since 2020. The economy's in the shitter. Gas prices are doubled. Inflation is, what, eight to- seven, eight times what it was when Donald Trump left office? We know all of these elements. We know crime is up. We know wokeness is up. We know all that stuff is up. And we know all these reasons. Immigration, twice as many people, the record number of people have come across the border illegally under Joe Biden than under Donald Trump. It was a record year, I believe, 2021. A record year. What was it, over 2 million illegal immigrants in the calendar year? So all we know all these elements are going to lead to what we believe is about to happen, the precipice of what's about to happen. What exactly will happen, though? How are you feeling? I mean, I'm feeling very optimistic. I wouldn't even say cautiously optimistic. I'm very optimistic. And if we look at some of the polling if we look at 538, which I've been looking at every day for the last two weeks, and real clear politics, let's go to 538. 538 now has, I believe they've locked their models. Yes, they've locked their models. Republicans are now favored in our final midterm forecast, and that's for the Senate. They were always favored for the House. So, as it stands, their final election analysis gives Republicans 84% chance to win the House and a 59% chance to win the Senate, meaning Democrats have a 16% chance to win the House and a 41% chance to win the Senate. And what you need to know about these final numbers is the Republicans have had momentum now for about the last month. That number, when I, when I started, maybe two weeks, when I started looking at 538 about two, maybe three weeks ago, They had the Democrats with a 55 chance to win the Senate and Republicans do it a 45 percent chance. And that has more than flipped over now. And it's been steadily 85 to 90 percent chance of Republicans winning the House. That hasn't changed in months. So this is the momentum now. So Republicans have the great momentum and the odds on their sides going into Election Day. 
Here's another interesting model <clears throat> that 538 has. And they do this thing where they, they give four different graphs, four different charts, if I can find it. There's so much information on their site. Sometimes it's hard to navigate it. Let's see if I can... Let's see if I... There are also two two of their models. They do 100 models. You know, that's the way they do it. They do like roll the dice a hundred times. It's a hundred models. And the Republicans, like I say, for the Senate in a hundred models, 59 of those hundred models give them the Senate, 41 of the hundred models give the Democrats the Senate. But there are two models that give the Republicans 56 seats, two models that give them 55 seats, and one, two, three, four, five, six models that give them, six models that give them 54 seats, and a bunch of models that give them 51, 52, or 53 seats. The consensus is 51 to 53. 54 is a real possibility. 55 and 56 would be a tsunami. So that's that's the way that looks. And there's also more. Yes, their elections, the final election forecast is no longer updating, which they always do on election eve. Um, but yeah, so this is this is the numbers. The numbers look good. The numbers look really good. Um, who will control Congress? There's a 57 in 100 chance Republicans win both, win both chambers. There's only a 27 in 100 chance that the Democrats win the Senate with the Republicans winning the House. So the more the most common outcome, 57 out of 100 gives the Republicans both chambers. The second best outcome is 27 in 100. So basically the Democrats have a 27 in 100 chance to win the House, to win the Senate if the Republicans win the House. Now we know the Republicans are going to win the House. So the chances are one in four basically. One in four with the Republicans winning the House that the Democrats can win the Senate. While the Republicans have a 57 in 100 chance or a better than one in two chance to win both chambers. Those are the two most possible outcomes. Democrats winning the House and Senate, it's only about 15 uh, in 100, only about 15 percent chance. So as we see, it looks good. All the numbers look very good. All the chances look very good going into tomorrow. Um, and that's the way it looks right now. And if you look at real clear politics, they concur that it would be very, very, it would be very, okay. So in the Senate, right now, they're giving the Republicans three pickups, which would give them 53, 53 in control of the Senate. They recently had 54. They took away New Hampshire, but, but, but. It's very, very tight. What they're going with is the New Hampshire is a blue state. And that since it's so tight, they're going to give it to the Hassan, the incumbent against Bulldog. The, but, but Hassan has basically a one point lead on average. You average in all the polls and she's ahead by about a point, 48 to 47. Very, very tight. Once again, if there's any underestimation of the Republican turnout, which there usually is, Bolduc could win that, which would mean 54 in the Senate. 
Okay, but right now they're, they're going with 53 as the final. Um, and in the House, an average of 31 pickups. Yes. They think Republicans will win anywhere from 14 to 48, with the average being 31. Governor's race, the GOP with two pickups, giving them 30 of the 50 state houses. So like I said, any way you look at it, any way you slice and dice the numbers, any way you slice and dice those numbers, it's looking very good on the eve of the election. Now, what will happen? We don't know for sure. You never know until the votes are counted. And of course, the votes are fixed. No, I'm joking. Well, you know, we know what, what, this is the thing we're going to go into now. The idea that the White House comes out and you know how it's not just Biden. It's also Jean-Pierre. They're all setting everyone up for a long, long week of vote counting. And they say it's normal, but it's not normal because from the late 17, what, 1780, whatever it was until 2020, all the elect, all, all, all the uh, votes were, were counted on election night. And by the next morning, it, at the very latest, early the next morning, we knew what the situation was. At the very latest, usually, usually, usually by like 11 or 12 midnight Pacific time, we know everything on election night. And it was that way for almost 250 years, 250 years. So this is not normal. Okay, what happened in 2020 with the trying to set you up now, set you up for now is not normal. And as the great Glenn Greenwald, who does a show from time to time on call in, tweeted, because he's very, you know, he lives in Brazil. He said Brazil with the same, generally the same population, voting populations, United States, especially since I believe you can vote there from 16 and it's mandatory. They are able to, they just count, they just had their election and they counted them all on election night. And they've always been able to. So if you compare, people like say, oh, the yeah, United States is a huge country. You can't compare UK. You can't compare Germany. But as Glenn Greenwald said, you can compare it to Brazil. And in Brazil's recent election, as usual, they had no problems counting all of the votes on election night. And it all being said and done on election night. Whether, you know. The results are final or, or whether it goes to a runoff, whatever it may be, all of the votes were counted on election night. So this idea that this is normal is not. This is the Democrats normal. OK, this is the Democrats new normal that they've had since 2020, whether it's with covid or the elections. This is the, once again, this is the Democrats normal. We need to preface it. This is all the Democrats version of normal. This is not the actual reality, real world, normal, normal. OK. So that's total bullshit that they can't count in this in a country like this. You would think with our money and technology, we'd be better than Brazil. I would think maybe I'm wrong. We should be able to count all of these votes on election night. Like we had for 250 fucking years. So once again, they lie when they say they lie when they say this is normal. It is not normal. It's their new normal. And the longer it takes to count votes, the more time it has for people to believe it's been fixed. <clears throat> In other words, the more, the, the more time they count them, the more time they have to fix them and to rig them and to fuck it up. 
<clears throat> Without technology, there is absolutely no reason why we can't have the results on election night. So once again, this is all when you start questioning the results because it goes into Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and the weekend. That is all the Democrats fault. OK, what's it? Everything is their fault. They like to blame everyone else. They try to say, oh, it's so unfair. It's so undemocratic. Voting is undemocratic. See, the them. Just voting is undemocratic. You should just like you should just go straight. Democ- there should be no voting. In fact, forget about a straight Democratic ticket. The Democrats should just be granted everything. That's democracy to them. Voting is not democracy. The voting is a threat to Democrats. Voting is a threat to democracy. And they've basically said that. Voting election day is a threat to democracy. And certainly counting all the votes on election day is a threat to democracy. It wasn't a threat to democracy for 250 years. It's not a, uh, it's not, it's not a, uh, a threat to democracy in Brazil or other countries. But here it's a threat to democracy when you question why it takes seven to 10 days to count votes. In the wealthiest, supposedly most technologically advanced country in the world. With a country of Mark Zuckerberg, with a country of Jack Dorsey, and with a country of Elon Musk, and with a country of Bill Gates. Ugh, why can't we count all the votes on election night? I don't understand. So they bring on, we'll see what happens this time around. But they bring on these questions. They bring on these quote unquote conspiracy theories. Just as, just as, uh, Pelosi just did, Nancy Pelosi, because she won't give us the surveillance footage. They won't give us the surveillance footage. So they deserve all the conspiracy theories. She deserves for her husband, for people to think her husband's gay. She deserves it. It's all well-deserved because they're not being upfront. Be upfront. So the Democrats bring all this stuff on themselves and then they blame everyone else. They call everyone else a kook when they bring it on themselves because their new normal is not normal. Their new normal is a fakakta normal. It's not a, it's not a real normal. It's a sick normal. And they flaunt it. They want it this way. They want it this way. They think normal. This is what the Democrats on this election eve think normal. In case you are having any questions about how you're going to vote in a few hours. The Democrats think normal is getting a vaccine every three months for, for, a, for a cold. They think that's normal. Getting a booster every few months for a cold, they think is normal. That's the Democrats' normal. They think wearing masks and visors and goggles for, to, to prevent getting a cold is normal. That is their normal. They think forcing you to get those shots or you can't work is normal. That's a normal thing, everyday thing. And they think that waiting a week to count votes is normal. All of this is not normal. All of this is like normal if you're an insane person. This is like things insane people think are normal. They think they're sane, we're insane, right? So that's basically the Democrats. They think they're sane and we're insane, when, of course, it's very much the opposite. They project a lot. They project everything. When they talk about threats to democracy and they point at other people, they should be pointing at themselves. Because over the last three years, they have been a direct threat 
to, to democracy. They have been a direct threat to freedom. Everything they've done, whether it's censorship on Twitter and social media, uh, whether it's forced vaccinations, whether it's forced masking, all of it is a threat to democracy. All of it is a threat to freedom. All of it is a threat to the American way of life. All of it is a threat to the Constitution of the United States of America. As I speak, as I talk, these are reasons why they're going to lose big shortly. These are reasons why they're going to lose big. They will cry about it. They will say Trumpism has taken over. They will say horrible things that Democrats like to say, like that fat fuck Michael Moore saying that 80 to 90 million people in this country are dumb. How are you feeling about election day? I'm okay. Sorry if you hear a thing. That this, is, this is a podcast, a 5:30 podcast. I, I want to. Re- I'm going to read a little bit of this. No, oh, it's a podcast. Oh, damn it. Okay, I don't, I'm not going to play their podcast, but they're they're just talking about why Republicans are now favored and everything. But uh, I explained to you why the Republicans are favored and the evolution of everything. And by the way, Joe Biden's uh, average approval is only 41. In fact, one had him at 39 today. So that's another reason, obviously, that Joe Biden is a very unpopular president. Um, another reason why his party will lose big. That's just a normal thing. It's always the case, right? Um, but like I said, this is all brought on themselves. It's all they bring it all on themselves. They, they really do, because they didn't have to do masks. They didn't have to do vaccine passports. They did not have to do this ridiculous labyrinthine mail-in crap. We, we, we didn't do that for 250 years, and it was fine. Okay? I don't know. Are they saying that FDR wasn't elected fairly? We needed mail-in ballots? LBJ wasn't elected fairly. Jimmy Carter, we need mail him. Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, both of them twice. That, that, that they weren't elected fairly because we didn't have mail-in ballots. They, would they have lost? Do they believe they would have lost if we had mail-in ballots? Were, things would have been changed? Is it, were, they, were those unfair, unjust, undemocratic elections? So is Bill Clinton and Barack Obama and every Democrat who's been elected since before Joe Biden not fairly elected because there were no mail-in ballots because it didn't take 500 hours to count the votes? Is that what they're trying to say? It's all bullshit. So once again, once again, if it takes a long time for these votes to be counted and people start questioning that and questioning in the integrity, that's the Democrats' fault. The Republicans didn't do this in 2020. The Republicans aren't the one that instituted this ridiculous mail-in thing where you can print your ballot out or it's automatically sent to you and they didn't create this labyrinthian process of counting votes a million different fucking ways. Vote on one day and count the votes in one way. Have the same voting process in every state. I don't know what's so fucking hard about that. One state, you got the computers. One state, you got the mail-ins. One state, you got the, the chads. One state, make it, <laughs> make it the same everywhere. One way to vote. One way to count the vote and get all those fucking votes counted. On election night. I don't think people ever had the problem of waiting a few more hours, right? I don't think people ever had the problem of like one state or one one congressional district or whatever 
going a, a couple of hours longer. No one ever really had that problem. No one ever really had a problem of like, wait until they wake up the next day to find out who the president was. That's happened sometimes. People don't stay up till four or five. That's happened. That's not a huge problem. But this thing of seven days, eight days, where you have one person who's way ahead and then that dwindles over the course of a week, that is a problem. Whether it's legitimate or not, it's a problem. And the Democrats bring it on themselves. Count the votes on election night, just the way as Glenn, Glenn Greenwald said they do in Brazil with basically the same amount of voters. I don't say this is the greatest country in the world, isn't it? Why, why are we not able to? Why is Brazil able to count votes on election night and we can't? That's what I want to know. So once again, this new normal the Democrats have created is their own fantasy land. And it's a fantasy land that you're noticing, and we will see shortly, fewer and fewer people want to participate in. Most people want to live in the real world, okay? Most people want to live in, in real normal, not, not new normal, not the Democrat sense of new normal. That's what most people want. That's what most people want. They want the old normal, the real normal. They want the pre-2020 normal. The Democrats started this new normal. I, I don't think it's a... Um, a coincidence that this Democrats' new normal started in the same year, 2020, right? Their new normal, their new way of elect, electing, their new way of doing things on election day, their, their COVID normal, their masking, their vaccines, all this talk of new normal and things being done differently than they would have done the, pro the previous two and a half centuries all started about the same time in 2020. And the Democrats did it gleefully. They were like, oh, COVID gives us a great reason to do this, right? COVID gives us a great reason to do mail-in ballots because you can't go. Now, that wasn't their, that, that was their original reason as they talked through this. That was their original reason, wasn't it, for doing mail-in ballots in 2020? COVID can't, can't, can't go to polling places. Everyone's going to die. Of course, they were totally wrong about that. But wasn't that their reason? So, so why, why continue it now? Why? Because that's their new normal. They're like, well, we did it then. We might as well keep doing it. It's like, oh, everyone worked from home in 2020. Might as well do that forever. The new normal. Oh, oh, you know what? We wore masks in 2020. Let's always wear masks now. Let's oh, especially in the winter. Let's always wear it. Oh, new normal. New normal. No, forget we said it was only a one-time thing. Remember that? It's a one-time thing. Bullshit. Which makes people believe it was planned. It's all too smooth, isn't it? Speaking of planned, Nancy Pelosi, very conveniently, Anderson Cooper, gives her uh, an interview right before the election, hours before the election on CNN, just like they gave Joe Biden a free campaign ad as he spewed hatred and bile and garbage last week. How, isn't it how convenient this thing happened 11 days before this election where the Democrats needed something bad, to get, needed a Hail Mary pass? What a, that must be a coincidence. Is it also a coincidence that Anderson Cooper gives her this um, interview before the election, not after the election? Why couldn't Anderson Cooper do this on Wednesday? Why, why the day before, not the day after? 
I think it'd be normal to give Nancy two or three weeks to just not have to deal with this or talk about it and spend time with her wounded husband. How convenient it was. How convenient this all. It all happened in a 10 day period. The pull of the break in, the interviews, the blaming the Republicans, the saying it's the same thing. Now, Nancy Pelosi says in this interview today that this is the exact same thing as January 6th. Not, not kinda. No, it's the exact same thing. What happened on January 6th and what happened supposedly happened to a husband, which I don't believe anymore, by the way, is uh, was exactly the same thing. See, this is how fucking crazy. Well, it's not crazy. It's planned. This is why one has to believe this was all planned. This was fake. This was fake. All fake. The NBC report that comes out and says the police arrived and Paul Pelosi was. Now, if you got an attacker that's supposedly with you for a half hour torturing you, saying that they want to handcuff you. Where's Nancy? I want to handcuff you guys together. Too bad she's not here. I'll just bash you over the head. If you're with this psycho, naked or not, remember he was naked, then he had underwear on, then he was, then he's fully clothed, whatever. If you have a psycho in your house for a half hour that you don't want there, that you call the police on, the police show up, don't you run out the door? Don't you run into those wonderful policemen's muscular arms? No, NBC says he opens the door and he heads back to where his where David's standing, next to his side. Like the side of his lover, who he had a quarrel with, who he's not so much upset with anymore and doesn't want the police getting involved the way people often don't, even after they call the police in domestic violence. That's why police hate going to those things. Because the woman can be getting her, her teeth knocked out and the police show up and they touch the husband and the woman goes crazy and attacks the police. So we have this report that, that Pelosi, Paul, heads back towards danger. In other words, instead of out the door. And NBC then pulls it. It's, it's written in, uh, on the website. You can find it. It was a report on television. There's a reporter doing the stand-up, talking through this whole thing. And then they pull it and say, oh, it didn't have the journalistic integrity. Well, what does that mean, journalistic integrity? They told the truth for once? That's what it must mean. See, journalistic integrity these days means fake news. Means the D arm of the the DNC arm, PR arm of the DNC. So they might told someone somehow slipped through and told the how he how this reporter didn't get a, a like a dart in the neck while he was talking. I don't know, but somehow it got through, and it gets through and out there in the stratosphere. And then they say, "Oh no, 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 it never it didn't happen that way. We're wrong. It was they were they didn't do their journalistic work." Yeah. Yeah, great journalists these days. They do all oh, the journalists these days. They do great journalism. They really do investigative reporting before they write something. Oh, sure. So once again, all of this stuff, no surveillance footage, the NBC report that's pulled. It happens 11 days before the election. Pelosi does an interview the night before the election. They compared to January 6th. Where's Nancy? It's all too fucking convenient. I'm sorry. If you believe this, you're a fucking idiot. OK, if you believe this, you're a fucking idiot. Of course, it was all made up. Can we see Paul Pelosi? Has anyone seen him? Can we see the? Can we see? Can we see this surveillance? I tell you what, Nancy, I will apologize to you. This, show me the surveillance footage of this kid breaking in. Okay, show me the police camera video. I th wasn't that supposed to be released a few days ago? The police cam video of, of of Paul getting hit on the head. Show me Paul's wound. Show me the charts from the hospital. Show me those things. And if it all adds up, I'll say I was wrong. And if you're good enough to fix all that, you get the, you get the credit. I'll say I was wrong.
But I'm sorry, I don't believe one fucking thing Nancy Pelosi says. And that's Nancy Pelosi's fault, because all she has done is lie for the last three decades, you see? So she lies a lot. So it's like, there's a theory, it's called the broiler cried wolf. You know what that means? Someone can lie about a lot of things, and finally they might, they might tell them the truth, and you don't believe them, and it's their problem. You get ate by the wolf. That's your fucking problem for lying so much. So Nancy lies so much. Biden lies. The Democrats lie so much. I don't believe anything they say. I don't believe anything they say. If they told me someone was dead, I want to see the fucking body. I don't believe anything they say. That is their fault. It is not my fault. Show me the surveillance footage, dear. Ten days, a week and a half, not one video of this fucking guy breaking in. Why? Why? In one of the most heavily guarded, secure areas of a city which is plagued with crime, like every other Democrat-run city. So there goes. Once again, you can't believe anything they say, anything they do. Everything is politically motivated. Everything's set up for votes. Everything is there so they can keep power, so they can keep influence, so they can keep st- stuffing their pockets with money. That's why they do everything. And you know what? You can be out there saying, oh, Mike, but Republicans have done it in the past. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, they may have. Yes, some of them probably did. But I'm talking about now. I'm talking about today. As Elon Musk said on Twitter today, He's a registered independent for his life, but for his entire life, he has voted Democrat. He has caucused, just like Bernie Sanders, an independent who caucuses with Democrats and sucks up to them every election period, no matter how establishment they may be, because he's a phony. Just like that, he has always voted for Democrats until today or tomorrow, depending on when you're listening to this. But then he also said, I'm, I'm open to voting for Democrats again in the future. I'm not. But he said he's open to voting for Democrats again in the future. In other words, if Republicans fuck up, he'll vote the other way. I don't care what Republicans did. I don't care what they're going to do. I care about now. I care about what the Democrats have done for the last two to three years. That's what I care about. That is it. And right now, they are the party of corruption. They are the party of sociopathic lying. They are the party of economic destruction. They are the party of anti-democracy. And they got to go. They just got to go. Maybe they'll learn their lesson. Maybe they won't. I think the latter. But they got to go now. They got to go. Just like, and I'll read, a, I'll read parts of an article that was written. Everyone should read this article. You know, last week on the show, I spoke about the Atlantic article asking for forgiveness for everything they've done. By the way, since that Atlantic article, people like me who believe there should be no forgiveness because crime should be punished, it's very simple. I know this doesn't work in democratic cities with democratic mayors and governors and, uh, and, and DAs, but crime should be punished. This is very simple. You commit a crime, you get punished, period. Crime and punishment, case closed. So no forgiveness, and people have been putting out videos of horrible things that happened over those last two years of lockdowns and mass and, and mandates, such as People being choked out if they have no mask. A kid being choked out in Australia because he had no mask on and being thrown out his, 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 his lifeless body being thrown out the door. Women being choked by police for not wearing masks on, not wearing masks. You know, things like that that happen. These authoritarian, dictatorial, horrible things that have happened. And we're supposed to forget and forgive all of that stuff, right? We're supposed to forget and forgive all of that stuff. 
So another article was written, and this one makes a lot more sense. It's a long article, though, so I'm not going to read the whole thing. But it's by Marion. Everyone can go on MarionWest.com. That's M-E-R-I-O-N-West.com. MarionWest.com. And it's written by Alan Farrington. And it's, no, let's not. Perpetrators of pandemic authoritarianism cannot be forgiven. It must become embarrassing to admit one ever supported uh, uninformed and non-consensual participation in a medical experiment or mass house arrest and coerced isolation. And I'll read some of this in a minute. It's a, it's a very long article. Uh, but basically, you know, the, the essence of it is talking about all the horrible things that were done for two years. All the horrible things that were done for the two years and how it cannot be just forgotten and forgiven. It must be, these people must be held accountable. As I have said many times, they must be held accountable and we have to make sure it doesn't happen again. Because if you just forget and forgive and, and throw everything under the carpet, it will happen just exactly the same way over again. It will happen just the same way over again. Just as if you allow people to murder or kill or rape without repercussion, there are other people out there who will murder, kill or rape because they know there are no repercussions. So I'm going to get my jollies off. I'm going to do whatever I want. There's no punishment in society for doing any of this. I can go into a store. Once again, this is known. We know this. We see people breaking into stores here in San Francisco and other places, other Democrat-run cities, where you can steal up to $1,000 worth of goods as, as though they know how much you're stealing. How would they even know how much you're stealing? I can go into Walgreens and steal $3,000 worth of goods. They wouldn't know if it's 3000 or 1000 That's all bullshit, too. In other words, you could just go loot a store and leave. That's it. So I'm, I'm a criminal, right? I'm someone who needs money, desperate. And I see there's no repercussion. Now, up to now, I haven't done criminal things because I know I might go to jail. I don't want to go to jail. But I see other people stealing $1,000 worth of merchandise and selling it on the black market. And they do this once or twice, three times a week, and they make good living at it. And there's no, so I'm going to do it, right? Now, if those people get punished, if those people start going to jail for three to five years, then that activity will stop pretty quickly. So it's the same principle of punishment. It's the punishment element. It's the punishment element. I remember a scene, you have to excuse me, sometimes I go into my movie vocabulary, from The Clockwork Orange. You remember when Alex has the, everyone, if, if you haven't seen The Clockwork Orange, go away. No, you should see it. I've seen it like a hundred times. And Alex has the uh, things on his eyes. You've seen the, even if you haven't seen the movie, you've seen the scene, the clamps on his eyes. Now, Alex is a criminal, so they show him violent images and they put the stuff in his body which makes him uh, reject those violent images, it makes him feel sick when he sees those violent images, with the idea being he will feel sick whenever he does something violent, therefore he won't be violent anymore. So there's a scene where he's watching violence, and Alex is a big Beethoven fan. Beethoven is throughout the film. And Beethoven's nice sympathy is playing da -da, da -da, da -da, as he's watching the Nazis marching, and he starts screaming. And he starts screaming that it's not fair that when he hears Ludwig von Beethoven, he's going to feel sick. And the doctor turns to a nurse and says, this is the, perhaps the punishment element. This is what the punishment is. He has to feel punishment. And maybe taking this thing he loved away from him is the punishment element. We have to punish. By the way, the whole idea of that, I don't agree with the, the, whole, the whole message of a clock orange. You don't want big government doing this to people because people have to learn 
to be good people. They can't be forced to be good people. That we know. So I'm not condoning the message that it's okay for the government to do this to people, to program them, because it doesn't work. And that's the whole point of the film, that it doesn't really work. But the whole idea of punishment is important. People need to be punished. And these people who committed these crimes of the past three years, these incredible crimes, these emotional, physical, psychological crimes against humanity, against millions and millions, against billions of people worldwide, have to be punished. They have to be brought to justice. And then people in the future will say, oh, shit, we don't want to do it that way. Forget about morality, not doing it for real moral reasons. If they don't do it because they know they're going to get punished, that's good enough. That's good enough. They have to see there was punishment. They have to see there was punishment. Remember, people used to be able to lynch black people with no punishment. Then there was punishment. Okay? And then people in the future who are racist saw that punishment and said, oh, we don't want to do that because we're going to go to jail for a long time. You need punishment. You can't just expect people to do things because it's humanity. is It's the right thing to do for humanity. It's the right thing to do morally, ethically. You got to punish people. You have to show there was a punishment to that. Once again, as I've said a million times, which is why we continue to prosecute Nazi prison guards, even if we found them at 85, 90 years old, 30 years later, 40 years later, we still punish them because there has to be punishment. No one could get away with that. And the same goes for this. They can't get away with this. Once again, bringing up what's about to happen in a few hours, the important first step. The important first step in this punishment and moving on is electing Republicans because Democrats, as they they have shown, as they have proven for the last two years, aren't going to look to hold anyone accountable because they were the ones who were doing these horrible things. So they don't want to be held accountable. They don't want to be implicated. So we see Democrats are not going to hold these meetings. They're not going to hold these hearings. If they win, they will not. It's very simple. My last minute plea is if the Democrats win, there will be no accountabilities will happen again. Because come 2024, it'll be too late. It'll be too many years gone by. People will forget. It must happen. These hearings must start in two months. They must start in January of next year. The only way it happens is if Republicans take over Congress. And that's my final argument. Daniel, is that, is that what's your final argument? If someone out there is... Oh, I don't like Republicans. I think I'll vote for Democrats or not vote. I'm just looking forward to voting tomorrow. Um, I don't have much to say tonight. I'm just kind of holding my breath and until um, tomorrow evening um, and just hoping that we see the routing that um, the Democrats um, deserve so that we can move on to even the more deserved uh, um, accounting for for what they did um, the, these last few years. Um, there must be justice, and it's going to be brutal. Um, there should be no amnesty for anybody. Um, th- th- that brutality that, that's coming, if we did get ju- just justice, justice is necessary. And um, that's all. I, that's all I got to say tonight. Is just everyone get out and vote. Do you do your duty. And um, uh, best wishes to everybody. Um, talk well, to you. you Are you going to have a show tomorrow no, night? No. Say Are again? you going to do your show? T- 
but, that, right? I, I want to mention, and I'll mention it again one more time before the show ends. If anyone's in the Bay Area, we're all going to be getting together at the San Francisco GOP party tomorrow. So if you go to sfgop.org, it's all there. It starts at 7 p.m. So we'll all be there at 7 p.m. on election night. Um, and uh, we'll be partying. We'll, you know, we'll hopefully we'll hopefully be partying. I, I think it will be a party. Now, once again, come 10 p.m. Pacific time, 1 a.m. Eastern time, if the results are dragging out, everyone's going to go home. And we'll have to wait, I guess, uh, until November, December 8th, 8th to know the answer. But hopefully, hopefully, hopefully that this is not one of those things where all these races are held up for days. That, I think, I think, I really think that's a disaster democratically. Don't you think, Daniel? If all these races are held up, yeah, yeah, I have I have zero clue as to why this um, is going on, and uh, and nobody um, at the state, federal, or county level has bothered to try to explain to people um, what has changed in the last two years, as opposed to ten years ago, as opposed to fifty, a hundred years ago. Um, why is it that uh, it, it that this this is occurring at this point? It, it's is it because of the fact that we have early voting? And if it is because that we have early voting, then let's stop that for God's sakes. Yeah, I mean, we really don't need it. I mean, once again, my 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 plan is there are a couple of plans I have. One is make it election weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Give people two days, right? You don't, have to, you, don't have to, you don't say it's only one day, I got to work. Give them a weekend, which they do in a lot of places, by the way. Give them a weekend to vote, okay? So you can do that. Or you, yeah, can, it's, it's, make, yeah, or you it's, can make it's, election it's, day a national holiday. That's another thing you can do. Yeah, it's interesting that uh, I t- just totally don't get why. I mean, that has been something that's been tossed about ever since I was a kid. And why the, it, that hasn't occurred, I mean, it's just a no-brainer. Um, it, it's... It's really weird. I mean, it's kind of like uh, the daylight savings time. I, I, I hate the fact that the clock, uh, uh, to just uh, change our clocks by an hour and it's dark out now at five o'clock, you know, like, four. That's the worst. It's, it's so depressing. I mean, this, it's just total nonsense. How do we get trapped in these? I, I can give you a bazillion examples of this nonsense in, in various things that I'm interested in, in science and music, whatever, that we're, we just get trapped in these um this dogma and, and 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 institutions are just set up around um, and, and not mindfully. They're just they're set up in such a way that they can only re- promote this dogma. And, and you basically you basically have to tear down the entire institution to just get to, to just kill this little fly. You have to just destroy the whole house to kill this fly. They, can, they can't just get a fly swatter out. But for some reason, that's just beyond them. So they can't they can't fix the 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 uh, the voting problem and get everything counted in one day. They, they you know we can't get rid of the daylight savings time thing and 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 and, and be sane there. Um, it's just it's it's really weird. Psych- the psychology of human beings is just it's amazing. It's really amazing. Um, it's, maybe someday we will understand how why we are so screwed up. <laughs> well, one day we might understand why we're so screwed up. But like I said, it's. You know what they're not screwed up? A place where Kerry Lake is going to win tomorrow. Arizona. I mean, Arizona doesn't do this. Arizona doesn't do it. They don't They don't change the clocks. I lived in Arizona. I ran for Congress in Arizona. They love the fact they don't. They're always beating their chests that they're normal, and they are. They don't change clocks back. You know, there's also a part of Indiana, I believe, doesn't do it. But why can't we have this nationwide? Why can't we have this nationwide? 
And it's also very confusing since Arizona doesn't change their clocks back. You know, there's half the year, eight, eight months out of the year, they're one time with us. And then they, for another four months, we have a different time here on the West Coast than Arizona does. It's very confusing. But they don't do it. They just don't set their, they, have, they don't change their clocks. You know why? Because that's normal. Why do we have to do this? They're, Actually, don't. Arizona, guess, doesn't, right. Arizona doesn't do it. They, they do just fine without doing it. They don't have all yeah. these problems that people talk about. The kids have to go to school when it's dark. They got to do this when it's light out. Who cares? It's going to happen. That's what happens. You deal with it. Sometimes it's dark out. Sometimes it's light out. Sometimes you got to do things when it's dark out. So that, But Arizona's had no problems. Their kids go to school, and they've had no problems going to school sometimes when it's dark in the morning. So this is all nonsense. Once again, I, I understand if we don't have examples of, of of places that do things a certain way and it works. Like Arizona does this a certain way and it works fine. So use them as a model. Like with the COVID, we have Florida. We have Florida. They did a certain way and it worked out great. Do it like Florida. We we have these places that have done things and have shown they can work their way. And yet for some reason, so many people resist this. And I don't get it. It's it's an interesting phenomenon. That's that's for sure, um, and and you can see it in in all all over. Like I said, you see it in science, you see it in in the arts, um, where people know that that, that um, the things that they're doing are, are ridiculous, and there is no reason for doing them, uh, but they are expected um, to continue doing these things. Um, there's it's it's a huge freaking list. Um, it's really weird. It's really weird. And, and, and yeah, um, but I don't know how this really ties to the, um, to the voting issue and getting things done in, in a, in a, in a day in a timely manner. But, um, it's, 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 oh, this, this was, um, with respect to your, um, idea of uh, just, uh, which has been talked about forever of, of making a, a weekend, a voting weekend. And, um, yeah, it should have been done. It should have been done in 1776, you know, and the fact that it wasn't it had done a 50 years later and 100 years later, it's just mind boggling. Um, maybe maybe it was wasn't done in 1776 because they didn't because we didn't we hadn't gone through the industrial era at that point. We hadn't gotten onto this five day work week schedule that people are so accustomed to now. Back then, you worked every single day of your life because you had to survive. Right. Right. And so, so, so we gradually got onto this five-day work week thing, and and you know we've been there for I don't know about a hundred years or so, you know, in first first kind of industrial period, the pre-war, um, um, where industrialization of this country just really took off. Um, but you know, for God's sake, it's been a, it's been a hundred years, and and the solution is is right in front of us. Yeah. Vote on Saturday. Everyone get out and vote on Saturday. Um, everyone get off on yes. Everyone get out there and vote. On Saturday. Well, everyone get out there and vote. If you haven't voted already, yeah, yeah, not this time. Yeah, not that. Wait, if you're a Democrat this time around, yeah, go go vote on Saturday. And, 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 yeah, and, and it'll be it'll fair. be real convenient. We don't, we don't yeah. want to, Daniel. We don't want to do that. Come on, it'll don't. be real convenient for for you, and, and we'll all vote tomorrow on a weekday. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's you know, it's, you know, but but anyway, it's uh, it's it's the fact of the matter is is that once again, these whole ideas of new normal, when they can't explain to us why the old normal was bad, 
you know, why something for 250 years didn't didn't work. You know, and, and everything they do doesn't work. It doesn't work. What they did in 2020 didn't work. The idea that the president is, it, you know, Trump wins on election night, then Biden becomes president a week later doesn't work. It regardless, regardless if anything was fixed or or rigged or whatever, even if it was 100 percent on the level and those were ballots that came in late and they had to count them, it doesn't work. That doesn't work for democracy. And it doesn't need to be that way because it was never that way before. All right. Now, let's let's face it. They want to talk about Trump and Trumpers and these candidates who deny. They're not denying. See, that's how the Democrats lie. They're not denying democracy. They're not denying. They're not election deniers. They want to go back to the way it was done for 250 years. They are denying that the new way works well. It doesn't work well. It doesn't work well. Everyone who wanted to vote always had a chance to vote before 2020. For the 250 years of this democracy, or whatever the fuck we have, before 2020, everyone that want, was able to vote, legally able to vote, was able to vote if they wanted to. If they didn't vote, it was their own choice. And they have that choice as well in a free society. So once again, this is all lies about them, about Republicans. It's not that. It's that they want the, the, the real normal, the old normal, the way they do it in every other country. That's what they want. And there's nothing wrong with that. Once again, when you keep drawing this out, it gives people time to think things are being messed with. That is just a realistic, common sense way of looking at it. Okay, there's nothing wrong with that. That's human nature. So if you want people to not question election integrity, just do the way it was done before 2020. It's that simple. Uh, Do you remember all this like questioning election integrity before 2020? I mean, there's a little bit here and there, but it wasn't like this constant thing that we're hearing about. Because it didn't take a week to find out who the president of the United States was. It never did before before 2020. So this all has to change. And once again, we'll see what happens, you know, this time around. But that's my biggest fear is that the same shit will happen and people will start questioning things. And it could work either way. It could work the other way, too. And believe me, believe me. If it flips in favor of the Republicans a week later, there'll be Democrats out there all over social media talking about how the Republicans fixed it this time. There's no doubt about it. This this seven day thing has to end. It can't it can't continue. It can't continue. And it better not happen in 2024. I tell you that much. Yeah, you're preaching to the choir, buddy. Um, I um Looking forward, looking forward to um, watching the um, results come in, and I hope they come out the way that um, the world needs them to. Um, the world is really um, yep. depending on the United States in a lot of ways, and this election really is more about our entire world than it is about our country alone. We did this to the world. We did this last three years to the world. The rest of the world followed our example, and it was a heinous example, and um, we we. Forget democracy. This this is about forget this this nonsense about January six. This is far more important than than a little bit of a that a protest that got out of hand. This this was a, a an attack on the entire world that yep. that 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 occurred these last three years, not just their capital, the entire world. Right. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. Of course. Have a good night. And, yeah, and, thanks, uh, David. Yeah. Thumbs up for tomorrow, buddy. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. So this is it. I mean, we're getting closer and closer to this now, right? I mean, as I speak right now, 
let's see, three, what, three hours away? Let me think. Midnight is about midnight right now as I speak. Pacific time to three in the morning. Yeah, six. Yeah, three hours away from the polls opening in New York. Three hours away from the polls opening in New York. So this is this is half. This is it. We're right on the precipice of this now. You know, and uh, I think there are other things to talk about. I think this is the main thing I wanted to talk about today. And of course, this has all been talked out now. I mean, we've been talking about this. I've been doing this podcast for a year now, and I think this has been the thrust of it for a year, these midterms. So I think we're all talked out now. I think we're just ready for this election to happen. I think we're just ready for this election to happen. And I think that we really need to understand that when you start disparaging people, like like Hillary did with the deplorables, like the Biden does, what did he just do yesterday? He said, people call me socialist, they're morons, you're an idiot. You know, so all this stuff, people are tired of this stuff. People really talk, and that's not the way to garner votes. Why would you think that's the way to garner votes by disparaging people? Like Michael Moore saying 90% of Americans are dumb. And what is he talking about? He's talking about Republicans. He's not talking about Democrats. He's talking about people who vote Republicans. So he's saying that 90 million people in this country who vote, basically everyone plus who vote with Donald Trump is an idiot. That's not a way to get their vote. This is not the way to get the vote of independents, the ones that decide elections, since they make up half of the electorate. Not the way to do it. Very simple, not the way to do it. And yet they keep doing this. They keep doing it. If you don't vote for me, you're not an you're, you don't vote for me, you're an idiot. If you don't vote for me, you're not if you don't vote for me, you're in black. I mean, Biden's been saying this for years now, disparaging the other side. And what's gonna happen? We're gonna see more blacks and Latinos vote Democrat, to vote Republican than ever before. Look at what's happened in Miami Dade County. I mean, this is a prime example of Democrat of Republicans outnumbering Democrats in early polling and early voting, which is very rare to begin with, which which tells me that Republicans are no longer listening to Donald Trump, what he said two years ago. I mean Donald Trump fucked himself up and other Republicans by telling Republicans not to vote early. So therefore Democrats dominate the early voting and those early votes are the mail in votes, those are the ones that came in after election day and look at what happened. But what's happening now What's happening now, you see, is Republicans are voting early. This is a key because Republicans voting early, especially Miami-Dade County is, is very Democratic. I think Biden won it by seven points. So when you see Republicans outnumbering Democrats in early voting in Miami-Dade County, not only does it tell you that Republicans are voting early this time, it tells you, it tells you that Miami-Dade County is changing. They're changing. Republicans are very energized there. And also, you can't count on those Democrats voting for Democrats this year. So a good number of Democrats who are voting early could also be voting for Republicans because there are many more Democrats switching over than Republicans switching over this year. So, you know, all these things look are good. And also, it's also good that Republicans are voting early because when the final tallies come in on election night, we know Republicans vote on election day. Republicans usually dominate election day. So when all the votes are tallied on election night, they know the outstanding votes, unlike last time, aren't going to be dominated by Democrats. So the likelihood of the outcome changing becomes less. So this is all good news. 
This is all very, very good news. Now, in other things, in other things, um, Elon Musk. Now, today, Monday, was supposed to be the first day of the blue check mark. Well, evidently, they want to wait till after the election. I don't totally understand that. I mean, I think the idea of the blue check mark, by the way, paying $8 subscription to get the blue check mark and other features was supposed to roll out today, and they're going to wait till Wednesday, I believe. And I don't understand that because the whole idea of the blue check mark system was to make things more legit, right? Fewer bots, fewer people with, you know, fewer people or places or whoever may be corporations with multiple accounts and fake accounts. So I don't understand this whole idea of having to wait till after the election. But anyway, that's what they want to do. I don't know exactly why, but they're waiting till after the election. So there's that. But the bigger thing, of course, the Kathy Griffin thing where she was impersonating him. This is the thing the left had decided they, they're going to do to stick it at Elon Musk. They're going to make all their accounts, their names, Elon Musk. And by the way, it was, oh, it was always a policy of Twitter that you could not impersonate. In other words, if you were impersonating me, I can report you to Twitter and they'll ban your account. You must say it's a parody. But now Elon Musk is just making that very clear, that you have to write parody. You can make fun of people. I can call myself Elon Musk. But I have to I have to make sure it says this is a parody account. Okay? Because there are a lot of people out there who don't look past that. They see Elon Musk and they'll assume it's Elon Musk. And I can say the most horrible thing, and then Elon Musk gets in trouble for it. Elon Musk has to deal with that. Okay? So that in a way is as much de- defamation and libel. It's not legal to impersonate someone. So the left wants to say, oh, Mr. Freedom of Speech is blah. No, no. Impersonating a person is not freedom of speech. Impersonating a person is illegal, which is the point Elon Musk and those of us who aren't lefty lunatics have been trying to make. We believe in a free and open exchange of ideas and opinions on this show, on all podcasts, on social media. But when things cross the line legally, that's a different story. Elon Musk has never said he's going to allow illegal things, people to threaten violence. He never said that. He has said if it's a law, if Congress has made a law saying this is the line drawn, that will be the line drawn on Twitter. And impersonation is illegal. It's against the law. That's not freedom of speech. So, of course, the fake news media, their headlines the day after was Elon Musk suspends Kathy Griffin for mocking him. No, that once again proves that it's fake news. That's not mocking. A lot of people mock. If you go on Twitter now, you'll see everyone on the left mocks Elon Musk. He doesn't suspend their accounts. Millions of people mock Elon Musk every minute of the day. Those accounts aren't suspended. They weren't. She wasn't mocking him. She was impersonating him using his name, not hers. That's why her account was suspended. And he said, if she stops doing that shit, he'll bring her back on. I don't think he should, but he will. That is not freedom of speech. How hard is it to use your own name? How about this? Real people, real names. How difficult is that? Real people, real names. That's it. Then you can say what you want. I don't think that's so difficult. It might be difficult to penetrate the liberal brain with that common sense idea of real human beings, you real actual names. Then you do and say what you fucking want. But it has shown how Elon Musk buying Twitter has made liberals go insane. that's, That's why Twitter is much more fun now than it was two weeks ago. Forget about free speech. 
Forget about all that other stuff, blue check marks. It's so much more fun now because liberals have gone out of their mind. Liberals these days are so weak emotionally and physically and mentally that they come, they, 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 their derangement syndromes go through the roof. They have Trump derangement syndrome. Now they have uh, Musk MDT, Musk derangement syndrome. They'll have to, soon they'll have DeSantis derangement syndrome. Well, they already have that. So it's so easy to melt these snowflakes these days that it's becoming actually very funny. It's becoming great comedy. It's becoming a national pastime to make snowflakes melt. And that's what Elon Musk has done simply by buying Twitter. And also very, very funny. He's very funny in his responses to people. Um, and I, I also want to talk to those liberals who are like, oh, we, we don't like billionaires, high horse billionaires. Well, does Mark Zuckerberg interact with people on Facebook? Huh? Did Jack Dorsey interact with people all the time on Twitter? Elon Musk does. Does Bill Gates interact with people on social media? Elon Musk does. He responds to almost every, he responds a lot. He must get every time he puts a tweet, it gets millions and millions of comments. So it's got to be tough for him after a while. But he still responds. If something catches his eye, he responds to people. And this is something we don't usually see from these kinds of people. I think it's a great thing. I think it's a fantastic thing. I love it. I think it makes Twitter better. And so this is the new outcry. Oh, my God. Mr. Free Speech is, is, is getting rid of accounts who make fun of him. No, no. He's getting rid of accounts who, who impersonate him, who impersonate Joe Biden, who impersonate Micah Shopley. You can't do it. You got to put parody. I wish there were parody accounts of me. I would love them. But you got to put parody so people don't believe I said it. That's illegal. It's illegal. But once again, I know I talk and I make sense. And you go, Mike, you're making a lot of sense. You have a lot of common sense, Mike. I, I know. These people don't have common sense. And they don't want to have common sense. They just want their narrative to prevail. They don't even care about common sense. They just want their narrative to prevail. Their narrative is mass work. Their narrative is we need to have an election that takes three weeks to decide. Their narrative is vaccines work. Their narrative is vaccines needs to be mandated. Their narrative is Donald Trump is Satan. Their narrative is Elon Musk is the devil. This is their narrative. Their narrative is Tony Fauci is, is Jesus. This is their narrative. These are their narratives. Their narrative is Paul Pelosi was attacked by a January 6th insurgent. This is their, these are their, it doesn't matter. Reality doesn't matter. Evidence doesn't matter. Facts don't matter. Nothing matters to them. Will losing an election in a few hours matter to them? I don't know. I doubt it. I doubt it. There'll be a lot of finger pointing, but it won't be at themselves. The fingers won't be pointed at themselves. It'll be pointed at other people. As usual. And when you do that, you're not going to heal yourself. You're not going to make yourself a better person. You're not. And I don't expect them to make, I don't expect that they'll become better people because they get their asses kicked to the ballot box. They won't. They won't. You just watch. And on tomorrow night's show and subsequent shows this week, we'll be talking about it. 
That's what we talk about. The, the response, not only what happened, the results, but the response to those results. That would be very important, right? The response to those results. You know, so we shall see what happens. We shall see what happens. Um, I think we're seeing a little bit now before the first votes are, are cast or counted, a little bit, a little bit of Democrats saying the candidates and Biden didn't talk about the leadership and the candidates didn't talk about the right things. Right. <laughs> we see Joe Manchin saying Biden seems too out of touch. Right. He made comments about the coal thing and too, too out of touch, not in touch with what's going on. We've seen that now. We've seen a little bit of that. Now, that is very good. Will it continue after the election? Will they say Democrats didn't talk about the important things? Democrats didn't empathize with people who were struggling. Democrats did things that hurt people over the last two years. Will they, will they be talking about that? That's the question. Or will they be saying, oh, Trumpism is spreading. Oh, horrible Trumpism, naivete and ignorance is spreading around the country. They're all evil. They're all dumb. I'm sure we'll get a bunch of that, too. I don't know what narrative will prevail. But this is all stuff we need to watch for to see what happens. Once again, I do want to mention, I'll let you read it because it's a very long article. I don't know if people want to listen to me talk for a half hour. It's Marion West, M-E-R-I-O-N West.com, written by Alan Farrington. And it's about how, once again, the COVID authoritarianism cannot be forgiven. Cannot. We can't just move on without justice, and I agree with that. Well, there's talk, there was talk that Trump was going to, he was in Ohio, his final campaign start, I think it was J.D. Vance in Ohio. I'm not sure why. In the last poll, Vance was winning by 10. I don't, I don't see him losing. But anyway, he was in Ohio, and there was rumors that Trump was going to announce tonight on election eve that he was running for president. And, of course, people went apoplectic. They went apoplectic. But he didn't do that. I, I, I knew that was not going to happen. There's no way the Republican Party would let him do that. And I remember, in 2016, the Republicans didn't want him to be president, but they allowed the process to play out, probably thinking he wouldn't be. But if Trump did something, like announced he's running for president on the eve of a midterm election, they'd probably do everything they can to destroy him and not let him get that nomination. I think he knows that. So he didn't do that. But he will be making an announcement on Tuesday. I thought it was going to be Monday to 14th. Now he said Tuesday to 15th. So next Tuesday, he's going to be making an announcement, I believe, in Mar-a-Lago. Everyone does expect that to be that he's running again. First of all, for, you know, people like to talk about Trump is all about himself and his ego and self-gratification. And this does not help him, you know, uh, shatter that narrative. Because I've never heard of a candidate announcing a week after the midterms that they're running for president. I've never heard in my lifetime of a, and I doubt it happened before my lifetime because presidential campaigns weren't a year and a half long before I was born, but I, I've never heard of a presidential candidate announcing before the holidays that they're running for president two years from then. I mean, it would be two years ahead of the, right? The election would be two years from now. I've never heard of that. Usually they wait until, even Obama, 
Remember, Obama announced early. Everyone made a point of how early he announced. It was February of 2007. Okay? And that was early because he had no name recognition at the time. No one knew who he was. Everyone knows who's Donald If anyone can wait until the summer of next year, it's Donald Trump. And yet he's still going to announce this early? To me, that's problematic. I also don't want him to run, but it's problematic that he's announcing so early and we have to deal with a two-year campaign from him. Two years of rallies. Now, my guess is he'd be doing that because he's so bloviated in the head that he thinks it's like, I'm running, don't you think about running. In other words, he knows that most candidates wait until early, the first or second quarter of, 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 of next year, the year before the election, to, to announce. So what he's basically going to do is say, I'm the big guy, I'm running, don't anyone else even think about it, enjoy your holidays, don't even think about running for for office. That's what for, for president. That's what he's that's why he's doing this. Right? To show how big his you know what is. Now my hope is that no one listens to that. I, I think Mike Pompeo's already said he would run regardless of what Trump did. I think Mike Pence might have said the same thing. I hope Ron DeSantis I would lose total respect for Ron DeSantis if he didn't run because Trump is running. But this is what Trump wants. Right? I'm Donald Trump. I'm announcing I'm running. Don't even think about it. Don't even think about it. There'll be no primary. My feeling is if you're afraid to run against uh, basically an 80-year-old Donald Trump, then you probably shouldn't be president of the United States. But my, my feeling is announcing this early, that's basically the major reason. I, don't, I think it would be a disaster if Trump was the nominee. A disaster. Look, not because I like any Democratic candidates. Not because I think, you know how much, everyone who listens to the show know how much I hate Gavin Newsom. I can't stand his guts. But my, my, my fear is, my fear is that the optics of a bloated orange 80-year-old, another octogenarian, I mean, I, I think people are getting tired. Even if, even if it was the best, even if it wasn't Trump or Biden, even if it wasn't Bernie, even if it was the best possible 80-year-old white man, people are getting tired of this now. I don't think they want three successive, three, they don't want, what would be, eight, 12 years and counting of, of octogenarian presidents. I think people are tired of that. They're looking for a young, fresher face. So I'm afraid of the optics. Forget about anything else. The optics of a Gavin Newsom running against a Donald Trump. I'm afraid of those optics. In other words, I'm afraid that Newsom would win. I'm not afraid of Newsom beating DeSantis. Those optics I'm not afraid of. That's a, those are much better optics. So I am very much afraid of a Newsom-Trump campaign. Also, it would be another campaign where I, you know, I'm not like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a, a fan of either person. Who who needs this? Be the third straight one of these lesser of two evil bullshits. I want someone who I can get behind, and that would be Ron DeSantis. And I think a lot of the country feels that. I think a lot of people feel that way. A lot of people who are not Democrats or not on the left feel that way. They want someone who they can get behind. And Trump turns a lot of people off. And there's just too much baggage. Come on. And enough is enough with this. Enough. Enough of the Bernies, enough of the Bidens, enough of the Trumps. Enough is enough. Time to retire. Time to retire. Biden to Delaware or Pennsylvania. Bernie to Vermont. Trump to Mar-a-Lago. 
retire, period. But that'll be something to talk about next week, I guess. I mean, I got to give Trump that much. He's going to give us stuff to talk about, right? In a time when it's usually very, very dead, the election's over, the holidays are coming, Trump's going to give us something to talk about, which is probably what he wants. And we're going to give him what he wants, I guess. So the way it goes. As, as I'm reading my Twitter feed right now, I think I wrote, if I can find what I wrote, I wrote something very good <laughs> about Trump announcing so early. Uh, well, I think here, the one thing here, number one, Trump, a lot is riding on obviously what happens in this midterm, right? How well his candidates do. If his candidates do well, it reflects better on him. If his candidates don't do well, then it doesn't, then it shows he has no power. So, if, if the election goes the way it's supposed to, that will help Donald Trump. It will, right? Because these are his candidates who people said were too crazy and couldn't win, and they're going to win. Okay? So that helps Donald Trump. It does. But also, just because people voted for his candidates doesn't mean they're going to vote for him again. His candidates aren't him. They're, 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 they're different people. Kerry Lake is not Donald Trump. Kerry Lake may talk positively about Donald Trump. Kerry Lake was endorsed by Donald Trump, but Kerry Lake is not Donald Trump. Look at Kerry Lake. She ain't Donald Trump. So people are likely to vote for Kerry Lake doesn't mean they're going to vote for Donald Trump. And that goes across this country with all of the candidates running. People voting for his candidates don't mean they're going to vote for him for president again in two years. It does not necessarily compute. He might think it computes, but it doesn't compute. They're their own people. They're not Donald Trump. So there's a lot of things that go into this. You know, it, it's not it's not set in stone if he runs, he's going to win. It's not set in stone because his candidates win, he's going to win. That's not the way it works. It's, too, it's a totally different election, and it's two years apart. So people shouldn't assume too much about this. But, uh, yeah, Trump has too much baggage. Lots of conservatives will never vote for him. And SoCal Gal is right. Time to back DeSantis. Someone wrote Connor Friederhoff. Friederhoff wrote, I actually think that if Ron DeSantis ran a campaign where he consistently refused to criticize, but also refused to engage or even acknowledge Donald Trump, it would slowly drive Trump insane and push him to new levels of self-sabotaging, attention-seeking desperation, which I think Ron DeSantis knows how to do. Now, there was that thing that Trump just did a few days ago, right, where he said he was at a rally in Pennsylvania and he said that the sanctimonious Everyone went crazy. Well, why go crazy? I mean, that's Donald Trump, right? What Donald Trump is basically saying is, I totally support Ron DeSantis for governor of Florida. But if Ron DeSantis is going to run against me, watch out. He's not my friend anymore. And that's the deal. That's the deal. He's Ron DeSantis running for governor of Florida. Once he wins that, which he will easily, then he's Ron sanctimonious if he decides to run against Trump. Trump will do that. But as one conservative pointed out, DeSantis is a very, very accomplished politician. He's done a great job in Florida. He's got a lot of cachet, a lot of money in the bank, if you will, with people with goodwill, with the great things he's done. And he's not a schlub. He ain't Jeb Bush. He ain't Chris Christie. Uh, he ain't Ted Cruz. And so little, little stupid fucking childish nicknames are not going to take this guy down. Donald Trump better have a lot more up his sleeve than nicknames like Ron DeSantis if he thinks he's going to take Ron DeSantis down. That's not going to work. And I agree with that. I agree that the most formidable person 
to go up against Donald Trump will be Ron DeSantis. It'll be unlike anyone Trump faced in that 2016 primary, when they really were all lightweights. Ron DeSantis ain't a lightweight, and Trump's about to see that. But it might be, I mean, DeSantis, think about this for a second. I'll end the show soon because I know everyone wants to get enough sleep, me too, before a very big day. But Ron DeSantis could punch Trump in the nose, right? In other words, Ron DeSantis can end Trump's political career. And then Ron DeSantis can end Gavin Newsom's political career. He can punch two basically, talk about sanctimonious, egotistical, conceited people in the nose, take them both out in the same election cycle. He could take Trump out in the primary and then Newsom out in the general election if he were to be the Democratic nominee, if he decides to run. He says he's not, but he's a liar, so who knows? You know, so that that's just, that, DeSantis can be a very powerful political figure between now and 2024. That's, that's my feeling on the, on the matter there, you know. And I think at this point in our lives, we should stop being surprised when Trump says stupid things. <laughs> and people went crazy. Yeah, I, of course, I, I don't think Trump should have said it. He could have waited until Wednesday. You know, he could have waited actually until DeSantis and him are both actual, like, nominee, actual candidates, until that's a reality to start his bullshit. He didn't have to do this before the midterms. But that's just Trump's thing. That's Trump's thing. By saying Ron DeSantis, he's telling you, he's telling the voters, I'm ready to go. That's all. I'm, I'm ready to go. And I'm going to go at it early and often. You know, but Trump will give us plenty to talk about. There'll be plenty of time for that. I'm trying to say, once again, if you're in the Bay Area, if you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, you can join us, the San Francisco Republican Party. Yes, we have one. Not big, but we have one. Growing. I bet you more people will join this year than ever before. We'll come to the party. We're going to be at 7 p.m. at Blue Light. Right? 7 p.m. Blue Light on Union Street. Uh, now we're at tonight, election night. 7 p.m. So if you want to go, go on sfgop.org. I think they'd like a uh, RSVP, sfgop.org. You can RCP and not give any contribution, or there's a suggested contribution of $20 because Democrats have a whole lot of money, like Nancy Pelosi. They run this city. So the SFGOP can use it. You don't have to give 20 You can give 10 I gave 10 um, But, uh, or you don't have to give anything. You can still, you still come, you know. So, but join us. We'll have a good time. You'll meet some. You'll meet me. I'll meet you. We'll meet each other. <laughs> Um, is there anything else I want to get? Well, I guess I'm trying to think of any last minute words <laughs> uh, before I will be on. I, Daniel had asked if I if, I, if there's going to be a show on election night tonight. Yes, my normal time is 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. Uh, this party, this gathering, is supposed to go till 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 10 Pacific. It could go longer, obviously, as we know, this could drag out. So I'll try to be on around. I might even do it. Who knows? I might even do a show from outside. I don't know. It's a lot of noise and stuff. But um, it, I'll try to be on the right time at 11 o'clock, my usual time. I might wait a little bit longer if we go longer and if the results take longer. I like that maybe as many as much results as possible. Obviously, if it's all decided by 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern, you know, I'll try to go on at 11 o'clock. But, you know, I, I really want as much data, as much information as possible to go on with and to talk about. So, 
right now, this, the show is scheduled for 11 p.m. If it changes, I'll change in the calendar. I'll update the calendar. But right now, hopefully, we'll be on our usual time, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. It's going to be a big day, folks. If you haven't already voted, make sure you go vote. Just go vote. All right? Vote. None of this it doesn't matter. None of this it won't matter. None of this they're going to steal the election. It doesn't matter. Don't do that. That's what they, whoever they is, want. You gotta go vote. You have to vote. This is so important. We need hearings. We need accountability for what happened over the last three years. We need at least that much we need. Will it help the economy? Maybe. Because at the very least, the Republicans can stop any of Biden's further inflation-bloating bills. Will it help the future when it comes to lockdowns, that they'll learn their lesson, they won't do it again? Possibly. I don't know. Possibly. But they'll certainly be invigorated, energized, and believe that the people are giving them carte blanche to do it again if they win the Democrats. That's for sure. I know that for sure. I know that for sure. So there are, there are definitely definite reasons why the Republicans will be better for the next few years, why a Republican Congress will be better than a Democratic Congress. And we have to vote. This is it's just incredibly important. And understand this, once again, I want to end on this. I, I am a lifelong Democrat. I voted Democrat for 35 years, my entire adult voting life. I voted Democrat. I ran as a Democrat in 2000. I ran for office. I ran for U.S. Congress in 2006 as a Democrat in Republican Arizona, okay? I am now voting Republican. I will vote later today on election day. I will go to my polling place and vote Republican. Oh, Mike, if you're in San Francisco, remember, you must vote no. I was going to go through the people I'm voting for, but I just made it very simple. I'm voting Republican. So whoever's Republican I'm voting for, but also vote no on H. And I recommend you go to the SFGOP website. They will have their voter guide. Because, you know, as usual here in California, there are 5 million initiatives, 5 million propositions, these fucking ridiculous propositions. But the one you have to vote no on is H. No on H. This is the proposition that will give people, politicians like London Breed, the mayor, who already make $350,000 a year, an extra year in office. She's supposed to run for re-election in 2023. They want to make the election in 2024. And if you go on the SF GOP website, they'll have a whole host of reasons why that's horrible. But the fact is, it's Democratic politicians wanting to give their friends, their colleagues, an extra year in office. The election is set for next year. Have you ever heard of such a thing? Have you ever heard of, like, let's, let's say, I, I'm, I'm Joe Biden, right? And my term ends in 2024. Can you imagine me backing a proposition that says the election is now in 2025, an off year instead, and I give myself, I just, I just give myself an extra year. I give myself an extra year of power, an extra year of money, an extra year of living in the White House. That's basically what they want to do. They want to give the mayor and other people running next year an extra year in office, which means an extra year of power, which also means an extra year of that heart, that ridiculously bloated $350,000 a year. Yes, the mayor of San Francisco makes $350,000 a year, more than any other mayor in the country in a city of about a half million. Okay? Okay? And also remember what this does. There's so much crime here in San Francisco. 
it's so bad here that they know, the Democrats know that running next year means they're probably going to lose. What they want to do is they want to procrastinate. They want to give an extra year. Maybe there'll be the cycle, just a natural cycle or something will happen. Maybe people start getting prosecuted and crime will go down and things will get better. It gives them an extra year of things getting better. They they have, they have a better chance of winning in 24 than 23. You have to vote no on H. This is an amazingly brazen, disgusting, dictatorial power play by the liberal Democrats here in San Francisco. Once again, go on the SFGOP website. They do a great job of outlining all the propositions and why H is so bad. You have to vote no on H. H, as in hell. <laughs> vote no on H. All right. Okay. Iggy, you wrote a bunch of things. Um, you know what, Iggy? Why don't you come on tomorrow? Why don't you come on tomorrow? This will be what? It'll be nice early Wednesday morning, election morning in UK. You can celebrate our election with us. And come on and, and talk about some of the stuff you talked about once. Because a lot of stuff you, you wrote to me, Iggy, has to do with them winning. If, if, the, if the Republicans win, that's still an if. It's still an if. So once they win, we're going to start talking about a lot of that stuff. What happens next? And we can flesh that out. We can flesh that out. Um... Okay, so once again, here we go, folks. Get out there and vote if you haven't already voted. Remember, this show airs Monday through Friday night, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. if you're in the U.K. The show is And Let's Be Heard. I'm Mike Kachopoli. And for possibly, finally, last time, I will tell you, vote Democrats out of office. Vote them out now, and I mean today, right now. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you right back here.